What is up, everybody? Welcome again to The Theology and Show. I'm Pastor Fredo, and in this show, man, we talk about the lofty and the regular when it comes to uh, trends, reviews, and theology. And man, today I got some treats, y'all. I got some treats. We got beignets. I'm gonna be sampling some beignets from the beignet spot here in Riverside, so shout you guys out. Thank you for the beignets, even though we paid for them, so I don't know. I mean, thank you for your business, I guess, but here we go. We got a regular beignet, and we got chocolate sauce, and what's this one again? This is peanut butter and aioli. Peanut butter, sriracha. Jerk. Jerk chicken, all right. Let's do this stuff first. I don't know. Let's, go. let's see, let's see. Mmm, mm, cool. It's got a kick, initial kick right away. That's wild, it's sweet, but like really, really spicy, dang. All right, let's go back to chocolate, man. You can't get chocolate wrong. Mmm. My goodness, man. Almost make me want to cuss. That was good. That was good. All right, all right. See you, beignet spot, see you. Got a little berry action. I should tell y'all that I'm on a food plan right now, and none of this is like greenlit on the food plan. So, when my trainer watches this, just ignore this happening. Oh man. That's like breakfast, pancake. Dang, that's good. That's some very loving right now. That's amazing. That's amazing. All right, one more, and then we'll actually get to talking. <laughs> Actually, let me just talk. So today, man, we're going to be um, tackling the question, is it okay for me to watch shows or what's okay for me to watch, especially as a Christian? And we found this fitting because the truth is, it's a show about theology, but it's also a show about entertainment, things that we are watching. And so it'd be great to kind of just set a foundation for um, what's okay for us to watch. Uh, a buddy of mine just said, man, we live in the golden age of entertainment where you can get the best of movies, the best of what a studio offers like every other week, either in the theater or at your own home. And so um, we're living in an age in which like binge watching anything and everything is such a natural thing for us to do. And so for Christians, I think there's a unique opportunity we have to consider what's right, what could be unhealthy, right? And so, um, and this kind of comes out of a, a moment just a few weeks ago, I was uh, in our series, we're preaching on how to pray. And I referenced uh, Stranger Things season four just dropped. It was a huge hit and had a really important elements to it. And I, I referenced the show of an important theme that I thought came out of the show. And we used the clip online. And it was interesting because a lot of people dug the clip. They uh, totally got the point of what I was trying to say. And it, it kind of just it clicked for them. For others, though, like there was some concern like, wow, like a, a pastor who's preaching from the Bible like is referencing Stranger Things, like more importantly, like they, they watch the show, right? And so I, I understood where people were coming from and I think it was like uh, an important thing to raise, right? Because what's okay? What's not okay for us to watch? And for a show like Stranger Things, you are dealing with um, the darkness of the world, you're dealing with demonic, right? You're dealing with suffering. And so uh, for some people, that's just too much. And honestly, that that's okay. That That's okay if that's too much for you. But before we kind of dive all the way into there, I do want to zoom out a little bit and talk a little bit about the theological foundation um, for entertainment and, and stories and what shows are okay, what movies are okay. And here's the bottom line. 
We are created by a God who is a storyteller. And because of that, we love stories as humans. When you think about all the species on the planet, why is it we are the only ones who write books and tell stories and write and direct movies about ourselves? You don't see monkeys doing that. You don't see any other animal in the animal kingdom doing that, right? And that's because I think there's a unique part of who we are as people. And theologically, the phrase there is we are made in the image of God, or in Latin, the imago Dei, right? And so there are parts about God that are reflected in his creation, you and I. And I think one of the most beautiful parts about God is his ability to create is also mirrored in us. We have, to some degree, abilities to create things. One of the most important things, things is, uh, is art, man. We make art. And I think because God is a storyteller, you think about the, the, the gospel, the message of salvation is embedded both in history, people, and stories. You think about the Bible itself. What is the Bible if it's not a story from beginning to end, right? And so stories are such a deeply part uh, of how we understand who we are as people, who God is. And so um, it's natural for us to understand why it is that we're inclined to stories. When you think about babies, one of the first things they get from their parents whether they're fully understanding them or not, are stories. We read stories to our children, right? Um, sometimes what we do for people who are not just born, but those who are close to death, what do we do when we're surrounding our loved ones who are close to passing? What are we doing? We're rehashing stories. We're remembering beautiful moments of their life before they pass, right? Stories, when you think about it, from the beginning of life to the end of life, play such a critical part of um, what it means to be human. Um, a great resource that I would recommend to you all on this is by an author. She's fantastic. Her name is Babette Buster. Uh, she writes on the importance of stories. She is a believer. She follows Jesus. And she's been consulted by Disney, Pixar, and many others when it comes to the importance of storytelling um, for companies, brands, right? All that kind of stuff. And so theologically, we understand God's a storyteller. We also love to tell stories. When you think about the gospel, Jesus, when he's trying to communicate who he is and what he's coming to do, he uses things like parables. Read the Gospels. You see these all the time, right? But real practically, when we think about uh, the role stories play and which ones we should watch, here are kind of two levels that I want to offer to you. The first is your conscience. So going back to Stranger Things 4, people are a little bit bothered, like, wow, a pastor would reference this in a sermon. If your conscience is not okay with it, you should listen to that. You should completely listen to that, right? Scripture talks about this. The Apostle Paul does throughout the New Testament. If your conscience is not okay with something, do not partake in it. You can draw that line. But here's the thing. Just because you drew the line there doesn't mean that you've got to draw the line there for every other Christian too. right? There's, there's liberty of conscience. Uh, I would uh, recommend to you the Westminster Catechism of Faith. It's a helpful just handbook of theology, doctrine, statements, and, it, and it's got a great section in there on the liberty of conscience of Christians and how we relate well to each other, how we love well uh, other people, and, and understand that their conscience is different than ours, right? The second level I would talk about beyond conscience is also community. So what does your community have to say? Um, if people in your life who are uh, loving you well, maybe they're older and wiser than you, if they point out to you that your particular habits when it comes to watching shows or movies is kind of leading you to act a certain way or be a kind of person, you should take that into consideration on whether or not you watch something, right? And so the question needs to be nuanced. The question really determines who you are and where you're at in life. I'll speak personally to that too. Uh, I wasn't 
um, aware of how much I watched in my life until I got married, honestly. I loved going as a kid with my dad to Best Buy. We'd buy these things called DVDs, and we'd get the two-desk version because the special edition had all the behind the scenes, all the deleted stuff, right? We loved, I mean, we'd spend like probably 100 bucks and get like five movies every Saturday, and we'd just go home and watch them. I loved watching movies and shows with my parents. It was just something I did growing up. But then I got married, and my wife would kindly point out to me that after a long day of work, I just wanted to disconnect from everybody and just like turn on some mush entertainment and just kind of just, just binge out for a second. And in her kindness, she pointed out that like, wow, this is becoming a habit and TV isn't necessarily a bad thing, but why are you needing TV in this particular moment, right? And so I think you and I should be sensitive to community in our life and how they're pointing out particular rhythms, patterns, habits in our daily lives and, and entertainment is a big part of it, right? Some of your guys' prayer lives would be much better if instead of binge watching in your you know, bed at night, you, you spend an extra five minutes just in prayer, right? Some, some of you might feel more energized to uh, have deep friendships if you weren't so connected to the screen early in the morning or late at night, right? And so we, we should be sensitive to how our habits of consuming entertainment are shaping us as people. And the last thing, but I'll get to it in a second because this fried chicken is calling my name. Let's try this first, and then I'll talk about artists who make stuff. Let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna add this. Let's make a little beignet sandwich. Let's see what this is like. Y'all getting this? Look at this. Look at this. Yo, Chick Fil A got nothing on what I just made right here, man. Y'all got a breakfast biscuit? It's good, but I don't know. Let's see. Oh my lord. Sorry, some chicken drop. <laughs> this is freaking fantastic. All right, I'm gonna rank them. My little beignet sandwich, numero uno. This is amazing. Two, I'm gonna go classic, but not with the peanut butter kick you in your face sauce. And then I'll go three with a pancake, because I'm not a big pancake guy, but the berries are nice. If you're into fruit and sweets, you can get it here. But man, this is, that was amazing. That was amazing. Yo, and here's the thing. If you are following Jesus and you're a Christian and you feel called to create art, maybe you do it professionally already, man, that is a beautiful thing. And I think, man, as you embrace those two layers of what, what's okay for your conscience and how your community is helping you uh, be shaped into the image of Jesus in your work, right? I think those are two things that you've got to be able to hold on to uh, as you continue to follow God and and um, create art as a, as a professional. But here, here is something that I think is really important. And this actually comes from N.T. Wright. He is a theologian. He says the burden of the Christian artist is to tell stories and create art that help the audience long for and want desperately the new world that God is making. And what he means by that is uh, Jesus, the good news of Jesus, is that in his life, death, and resurrection, he's making all things new people, this world, right? And so art, especially if you're a Christian, you, you should be thinking about how can I make something that helps uh, tease us, like an appetizer, right, before the meal, that helps point us towards what's coming, what we know is ultimately coming that's beautiful and good and that the human soul desperately needs. How do I make art that kind of points to that? But then he also says, and at the same time, be honest about the reality of the desert we live in. And I think that's such a, a poignant phrase, right? And so art can be twofold. It can help point us to 
the world that we long for, the world that Jesus says is coming because of what he's done in his life, death, and resurrection. But then also, how do you tell stories that are honest about the human experience, right? The reason why I thought Stranger Things was profound, and we can fight on this one, y'all, is because it's honest about pain. It's honest about suffering. It's honest about what the lack of forgiveness and healing will do to you and to the people around you, right? And it does it, I think, in an artistic way. Y'all, I just got sauce on my elbow. But it does it in an artistic way because it, it, it does so pulling on a lot of nostalgic elements of the 80s and 90s. And, and even just, it brings in human friendship, right? And so I even think of a show not as dark as Stranger Things, but you think of something like 30 Rock, a really well-known show from NBC. It had a great run. People loved 30 Rock. Um, while it obviously highlighted life in the entertainment business, living in New York, what it really was after was a show trying to help people understand how important friendship is in the midst of difficulty and suffering, right? And so find shows or, or find movies, or if you're an artist, create things that are going to tell stories that are honest about the human experience and maybe even leave people wondering, man, where does redemption come in from, right? And so I think that's where Christians can engage art well and say, man, this, this story, this movie is saying something very true about the human condition, about sin, about uh, human frailty, or about how people act, right? But here's why I think the good news of Jesus offers us a better way forward. I think that's a really healthy way to do it, man. That's how I approach anything I watch, whether it's Spider-Man or something serious, like Breaking Bad, like I'm always um, thinking through uh, a gospel lens. And it honestly doesn't ruin the show or the movie for me. It actually enhances it because I actually enjoy it for what it is, right? And here's why, let me just address the elephant in the room. Here's kind of why I struggle sometimes with, with Christian movies or Christian kind of TV shows is because they haven't done the hard work to be honest about the human experience. Um, you know, more than like the acting kind of being cheap or like the story feeling kind of rushed or the budget just ain't there, right? Because it's not like Warner Brothers giving you 80 million to go make this Christian flick about not watching porn or something. It's, it's that they haven't done an honest job with telling something that's very human, that connects with people, right? And then they, they kind of just slap Jesus on like a band-aid and like, oh yeah, you just need Jesus and life gets better. Like, we got to be more creative with the journey, the, the, the journey of life that's up and down, that's sometimes without answers, right? When you read through the Old Testament, it's hard to moralize every story because sometimes you just read a, uh, you'll read an account like in 1 Kings, and you're like, what, what does this even mean? Well, maybe the author isn't trying to give you a meaning in the story. He's just trying to give you a history lesson about what this king did and their idolatry and how they led people to do this and they had a war, right? Like, life oftentimes does not have a little beautiful point at the end of whatever happened. And so sometimes Christian art feels forced to give you a point and it just, it doesn't land well. And it certainly doesn't feel like it connects well with, with an audience that maybe doesn't care for Jesus or certainly doesn't identify as a Christian, right? And so my hope for us, especially as we move forward in the golden age of entertainment is that we would get thoughtful people who are telling stories in a compelling way. I'll offer you one. His name is Scott Derrickson. Um, he's a director. He's done things like uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I know it's a horror flick, but he also did the first Doctor Strange, which was amazing. He actually went to Biola University, which you don't know is a Christian school. Then I think he went to USC Film School. Anyways, he, he, you can follow him on Twitter. He's, a, he's an interesting follow. He talks about his faith, but I think he tells stories in a compelling way that, that 
connect with a larger audience, but also get them to wrestle with what you and I would say are important themes in life that we believe Jesus offers a solution to, right? And so um, it can be done. This is the same for musicians, uh, hip-hop artists, or any other kind of artist, right? Like people are out there following Jesus, trying to figure out how to faithfully follow him with the art that they are creating for the world to enjoy. All right, and so man, uh, I hope you all enjoyed this. Like I enjoyed these beignets. We'll be back. Make sure to like and subscribe to the show. We got so much other stuff coming. I am so excited to continue on. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Pastor Fredo, and you just watched Theology and Show. Yo, thank you all so much for watching. Make sure to subscribe to this show and the whole channel. We got tons of great content on Christianity and culture. We'll see you all soon. Peace.